Hi, everyone, and thank you for joining us. I'm Ron Corning. This is Horse Sense Street Smart Investing, the podcast. And today we're talking Hodges history, but we're also talking how that history relates to investing. If you've seen the markets go up and you've seen them go down over a 40, 50, 60 year period, you have a better sense of where things are going and you guide your clients accordingly. Who knows the Hodges history better than the Hodges themselves? Clark <laughs> and Craig are here um, to have this discussion. Good to see you both. Good it's been a little you, while Ron. since the brothers have been in the house. <laughs> um, you always divide and conquer, right? One of you <laughs> is, is working it while the other one's here doing the podcast. Thank you for being here. We want to remind people that the podcast is based on your dad's book, Horse Sense, Street Smarts, and really some quotes that he lived by that are so applicable today. Um, anything, Clark, that stands out off the top of your head? With the book? Yeah, with quotes that he used to use, say, sayings around the house growing up. Oh, gosh. Up. There's so many little sayings. Um, and, you know, I have high school friends that can still quote some of the things he would say. But one of the things about investing, he would always say, is that the market never ends and it starts over the next morning. And so a lot of people need to be reminded of that as clients sometimes. And that's one of the things that f when you asked me that first popped into my head. It almost when you say that, the first thing that comes to mind um, for me, Craig, is in knowing that the market continues, it almost is like hopeful, especially in times when things seem to be a bit dreadful, which we've seen times of dread, um, times of market crashes, times of corrections. And so is that, does that sort of guide you daily in terms of what you tell your clients? Yeah. Uh, the, the, the quote that I can, I remember along that lines is uh, being in the stock markets is basically going to school every day, but you never graduate. <laughs> there's always a tomorrow. That sounds dreadful. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, it's not like a football <laughs> game where the fourth quarter ends and it's over. So yeah. it just continues on and, and the lessons continue on. And, but you yeah. have a new opportunity to reassess reset and reallocate. And right. is that one of the advantages that a client has in general, you think, when they turn to experts to advise as opposed to kind of doing it blindly and alone, especially when times get tough? The market changes its characteristics all the time. It'll For five years, something will be popular and everyone will say, this is the only way to invest. And when just about everyone gets invested in that, that it's over and, yeah. and there's something new. And actually, right now, we're seeing that in the market. Uh, there, there's kind of a transition. In the, in the last you know, three, four years, it's been all about high, high, high growth. And value and anything else has just kind of been left behind. Well, you're seeing a real rotation now into those stocks that have been forgotten. And the marketplace really hadn't figured that out yet. It's It's been focused on, you know, those hyper growth, mm -hmm. large cap tech stocks that have done so well over the last four or five years. And I'm not saying it's coming to an end, but there's a new game in town. And along has those, to adjust. Excuse me. Along those lines, dad was, a, he loved contrarian, contrarian investing. And he used to say, when there's a trend on Wall Street, Wall Street assumes it's going to go on forever. Mm -hmm. And what Wall Street doesn't know is that somewhere somebody is rolling up their sleeves, going to work, and they're going to change that direction of that trend. And so in, in this example, he would like to buy stocks that have been beaten up mercifully and said, hey, the selling's out of them. Wall Street says this is never going to work, but they just got a new management team. And he's betting on the fact that somebody's going to roll their sleeves up, go to work and make a difference in that company's future. And but he that's loved the that kind of, of information you gather when you when you really dig your heels in and you make it your life's work to know what's going on across the board in business. Like I wonder, for example, 
Um, your dad lived to see the evolution in great part of Amazon. Early, early on, when he was hearing and seeing interviews with Jeff Bezos and who appeared, you know, early on on 60 Minutes and so forth and was just selling books, do you remember, did he have an inkling that this could change the retail market moving forward? You know, I think he, his pursuit and if you knew him, you knew that he he was a crazy reader. He just would read everything all the time. That's you go over his house on a Saturday night. And I felt so bad for my mom, but at Saturday night at eight thirty at night, he's reading annual reports and stuff. So he had this unbelievable desire to learn and to find out. And his whole thing was observing, observing what is going on in the world today, and making investment choices that will take advantage of those observations. So that was what he was obsessed with. And that's what we're, we're obsessed with here at Hodges is finding the changes in the world and mm -hmm. figuring out a way to, to profit off that. And seeing Clark, if there's somebody out there who in their own way, in their own right, is the next Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, in terms of their level right. of passion and credibility and viability, right? With the companies and their pursuit of whatever idea they have. Right. One story I remember specifically sitting in our research meeting years ago and he would tell some of his observations and he goes, you know, there's something going on in women's shoes. And I think XYZ <laughs> company is a good buy. And he said that my mom, Freddie, he said, Freddie and I will go to, to the mall and we'll do our walking. And he would look at women's shoes and we kidded him about that but <laughs> but the fact is he noticed that there was, was a lot more colors yeah <laughs> there was a lot more color choices in women's shoes all of a sudden and that particular company ended up being a good investment but that's an example of his observation, you know, a real world example. I think mom thought he was looking at women. And, yeah. And, and <laughs> no, he's just looking at the, the shoes. shoes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm wondering, again, you've said this before, Clark, that that may not seem on the surface sexy. It's not what's being talked about the most. There's not a lot of buzz around, let's say, women's shoes. But in any case, it, it seems mundane, but in that is an opportunity. It's still a business, right? And he was seeing trends and spotting things that others weren't. I'll tell you another story along those lines is uh, for that very thing Clark's talking about. Uh, he would uh, notice these trends and he told me a few times, have you noticed how people don't dress up anymore? They wear their workout gear everywhere they go. Like people on planes now wear these, you know, Yoga Lululemon, pants, yoga right, pants, yeah. right. And right. so he was casual. observing that this athletic casual that was starting, you know, seven or eight years ago and was, you know, trying to figure out what is the, this trend. And his first foray into it was shoes. But if you'd taken that further, Lululemon and, and the like. And um, so those are the kind of things we're talking about, the observations of big changes in the way people operate and their, you know, the things they do really can be taken advantage of. So it was the way in which he processed and saw the world because the rest of us might realize that that's happened after it's been happening for a while. Right. And the opportunity may be there or it may not. So he would get in right. on the ground floor based on his observations and then do a deeper dive. How does that translate into what happens here today? In other words, how do you impart on your own analysts and how do you hire analysts who see the world in that way and process information? That, that, that's really our obsession is to just observe what is going on in the world. 
Um, what what is what what are the big changes coming on? Not just fashion and those sort of. And it, the other thing about that is there are fads and there are you know big shifts shifts and uh-huh. and, mm-hmm. and and so you have to that that's where kind of, yes that's where kind yeah. of the analytical part of it comes in and that's what our six analysts and and three portfolio managers obsess over is finding out as much about these companies and as much about these trends and really doing you know research that's mm-hmm. beyond the, the ordinary you know I, it, not, channel checking and yeah. really you know visiting locations actually, going to malls actually going and seeing yeah, where right. are they making this yeah a person exactly. who's intellectually uh curious is a is probably a good analyst because they see something they're going to take the time to look into it whether it's a story they saw in a movie and they want to go research the actual real story and or if they want to go back and research the shoes right they just are curious about things that they observe throughout their day let me ask, and I don't want anyone to construe this as advice to go invest in this or invest in that, and you don't have to mention companies, but is there anything right now that's kind of on your mind that you've noticed or seen in the same vein as your dad, where you're looking at it and thinking, hmm, that's a shift born out of the pandemic related to a change in how people are getting around in the world? Anything right now that strikes you, Clark, Craig, I'll let either one of you take a crack or both of this question that you see happening that could be a shift, as you say. One thing I would say, and they, not, not stock specific, but trends, you know, the big trend now is, and it's been forced by the pandemic is remote working. Uh-huh. And, you know, you look at the, you know, the teleconferences, the Zooms and, you know, uh, Skype business making a bit of a comeback right. and, and all of I don't tools. know that we ever do go back to a full work environment. So those companies will stay, will, will stay around, mm-hmm. probably not as prevalent, but there'll be new, you know, new technologies that, that go through there. So that's one that, that kind of jumps out to me. And which it, means people can live wherever they want to live. So you got people moving to different parts of the country. Yep. And saying, I don't need to live here just to work. I can work here, live somewhere else. So the suburbs and the home building industries are getting a lot of Well, to take it a step further, if you look at the effort to provide better connectivity with the Internet in areas that are remote and have been without um, broadband and the ability to connect to the Internet, doesn't that just for these remote technologies provide for them another opportunity to expand their market? Without a doubt. You definitely have those the Starlink type companies that are getting satellites in the air in space mm-hmm. for that particular reason. And the rollout of 5G is a big, you know, a big trend. Yeah, that's Just, been that's been a big one as well. Um historically, in ways that maybe you didn't even recognize until you were in the throes of it yourself, um, do you remember your dad's disposition, how he worked through difficult times in the market. Off the top of my head, 1987, Black Monday, it was October. I can't remember the date. You probably do. October something, right? Um, Do you remember? Yeah, October 19th. Do you remember what that period of time was like in his life? And do you find yourself drawing on that as a historic reference when it comes to seeing people through the crash of 08, for example? Absolutely. I I, I was firsthand witnessing. I, I had, in the 1987 crash, I had been literally six months in the business. So I didn't have a lot of clients, which I guess was the good thing. Um, That's but, baptism by fire. Yeah. Right? And I worked at a, I worked at, at Rousher Pierce and we were on, a, a, I was on a, a floor with a bunch of retail brokers and 
that day, that, that Monday, just about everyone on that floor was selling, selling, talking to their clients and selling, selling. I happened to leave that floor and go up. My dad was three floors up and I went in, into his office and he was doing the exact opposite. He was buying everything he could get his hands on and everyone was panicking. And he was, he knew that these prices were not real and that he could take advantage of that. So, and, and you, we go through these, I, I, I worked with him 30, you know, a little over 30 years and we went through about four or five of those big historic crashes they happen and you know how to operate after going through so many of them when everyone is panicking that's when you need to have a cool head and look at the fundamentals and know what you own and get in there and buy when everyone else is selling it's interesting so really clark what craig is saying here and what we see in, in corrections is that panic selling beats the market down in some mm -hmm. areas to to deals i mean you have a buying opportunity so to think and see it that way, one fuels the other. Panic fuels opportunity, it would seem, depending on which side of it you're on. Right. I, I actually stopped in the office that day. I was in college and I was heading back to college and I stopped in not knowing what was going on. And I remember dad saying, as he was trying to buy as much stock as he could in some companies, that history will tell you that within 18 months of this crash that's going on today, it'll be higher. The market will be higher 18 months down the road. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there you go. He's paving the way for his clients to benefit, even though they may not benefit tomorrow, but in two years, they'll be glad that, that he was their broker, right? So there was the dot-com crash as well. Then there was 08, all fueled by, mm -hmm. by real estate and subprime mortgages and mortgage-backed securities and all those things, um, and the failure of some large financial institutions. Do you remember, I know you remember where you were and what you were doing, you were in this building. Were you buying, buying, buying? Do you remember, and your, your dad was with us, were you at that point sort of as a team, a family team, kind of looking at this as he did in 87 and seeing the opportunity in it? The interesting story in, in the 08 decline, which was pretty prolonged because it, it, the market started going down in the fall. And it, it just never would catch a bid and just would go down and down. And it was very like the 87 crash was pretty quick. This thing lasted about six months. Well, the interesting thing was in March of 09, March 9th of 09, I'll never forget this. Mm -hmm. That was the bottom. And that week we had had eight, uh, yeah, I believe that week we had had 18 of our customers panic capitulate and sell. And I remember him saying that he said, this is the bottom because when the, when the people capitulate and sell, that's the maximum selling. And sure enough, that was the bottom that March 9th. And it went up crazy after that. I mean, it was, it was a very really like time. Yeah, that is, I mean, that you say you can't time the markets and yet he knew yep. some he, of the technical finer points. That's right. He identified the capitulation, the people saying, I can't take the pain anymore. And mm. that's the bottom. That's the low. Well, if that isn't, I mean, an opportunity for me to say that if you're out there and listening and watching this and you've gotten to that point where you feel like you need guidance and you need help from what we've called our financial therapists over here, <laughs> because the human emotion does sink in and inform your panic and your decisions to panic, um, there might be an opportunity to shift and lean on, on you all for guidance because as history proves, there are opportunities when things correct or when there is a downturn. And um, we can attribute so much of what you guys do here to your dad, Don Hodges, who wrote this book and on which this podcast is based. So thank you guys. Pleasure. Appreciate thank it. You, Great Ron. conversation. And thank you for watching. Of course, you can watch our whole library of podcasts where you listen to your favorite podcasts. We'll see you next time.
Hodges Capital Management Incorporated, HCM, is an investment advisory firm registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC, is a wholly owned subsidiary of Hodges Capital Holdings and serves as investment advisor to the Hodges Funds. HCM is affiliated with First Dallas Securities Incorporated, a broker, dealer, and investment advisor registered with the SEC. This discussion is not intended to be a forecast of future events and should not be considered a recommendation to buy or sell any security. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Investing involves risk. Principal loss is possible. Investing in smaller companies involves additional risk, such as limited liquidity and greater volatility. No current or prospective client should assume that information referenced in this communication is a recommendation to buy or sell any security or is a substitute for personalized investment advice from your individual advisor. HCM does not provide tax or legal advice. Consult your tax or legal advisor for any related questions. All information referenced herein is from sources believed to be reliable and is provided as general market commentary and does not constitute investment advice. This material was created for informational purposes only and the opinions expressed are solely those of HCM. HCM shall not in any way be liable for claims and makes no expressed or implied representations or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data and other information. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced and are subject to change without notice. To learn more about the topics we covered in this episode, visit HodgesPrivateCapital.com. Continue the conversation on our Facebook page, Listen and download this episode and previous episodes on Apple Podcasts and on all other podcast platforms.